0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hello and welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 1. Fifty-nine. that is the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm all across the sports grid network as well i am ben stevens march is a month of madness the ncaa tournament officially begins tonight as it tips off with the first four in Dayton, Ohio two games in the big dance that we will break down for you as we continue to dive through the bracket. Where are the best bets in the round of 64? Where might those upset possibilities be? and which underdogs might be able to make a deep run in the month of march all of that and more over these next two hours live right here on the morning after we'll go around the association 12 15 games left in the regular season in the nba playoff positioning front and center with a potential playoff preview and a couple of spots across the nba just last night and Yesterday, a monumental day in the National Football League offseason, where unofficially the league year for 2023 getting underway. The new league year officially starts on Wednesday. But yesterday began that grace period where you can start to have contract conversations with players that are free agents around the National Football League. And we saw a bevy of headlines and acquisitions yesterday, including with the Las Vegas Raiders of course the Raiders organization needing a new quarterback after releasing Derek Carr earlier this offseason Carr now makes his way to New Orleans so who steps into his place after nine years with that Raiders franchise welcome Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't it just seem fitting that Jimmy G is going to play his football in 2023 in las vegas garoppolo signing a three-year deal worth 76 and a half million dollars about 34 million guaranteed jimmy garoppolo reunites with now the head coach josh mcdaniels in las vegas who is the offensive coordinator in new england where jimmy g spent the first three years of his nfl career but he spent his past six seasons in san francisco really was only fully healthy for two years including this past year where he took over for Trey Lance in week number two he then started the 10 next games was injured against the Miami Dolphins and that's when Mr. Irrelevant now Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy took over but In his 10 starts this year, really his 11 games in full, Jimmy Garoppolo was really, really good. Not the largest passing number, averaging about 221 passing yards per game, but incredibly efficient, 67.2% for his completion percentage, 16 touchdown tosses to only four interceptions. And in those 11 games, including the win against the Miami Dolphins, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers were 8-3. That's where Jimmy Garoppolo really made his bacon with San Francisco, leading them to a NFC championship game appearance in two of the three years that he started from 2019 until 2021. Of course, San Francisco has made it to the NFC title game three of the past four seasons. So when you sign a quarterback of relative note in free agency, you would expect your odds to grow shorter to contend for a divisional championship, right? not for las vegas and not for jimmy garoppolo the Raiders is still 13 to 1 to win the afc west division mainly because of the competition within this division and the Chiefs' stronghold over the afc west as the defending super bowl champs have won this divisional crown for seven consecutive years Hey, welcome to our sports grid radio audience here the opening hour of a tuesday live right here on the morning after sirius xm channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well i am ben stevens madness in the month of March, including as we start off, really, this offseason in the National Football League. The unofficial beginning of the league year yesterday. When you can start to have those contract discussions and conversations starting to get deals in place that can officially be signed. When the league year officially starts on Wednesday afternoon. The Raiders 13-1 to to win the AFC West, despite inking a three-year, $76 million deal with Jimmy Garoppolo. That 13-1 to 1 price by the Raiders, not only the longest to win this division, but also the longest of any team to win any division in the AFC. Las Vegas, 30-1 to 1, to win that conference championship. So what does San Francisco do? A ton of quarterback conversations for the Niners to be had. Brock Purdy just had surgery a couple of weeks ago. Trey Lance coming off that ankle injury. Well, Sam Darnold now in the quarterback room up in the Bay as well to provide at least some experience there from the quarterback perspective mike white the former new york jet makes his way to the Miami Dolphins for a two-year deal worth $16 million. I have often said here on this program, the Chicago Bears really control the offseason. They had the number one overall pick. They traded it away to Carolina, but they had by far the most cap space of any NFL organization entering this offseason, and they're already making moves, adding to their defense, certainly in the linebacking core. Tremaine Edmonds, now a Chicago Bear, after spending the first five years of his NFL career with the buffalo bills he was a two-time pro bowler up in western new york he's only missed eight games in the entirety of his nfl career chicago also signing tj edwards from the philadelphia eagles yesterday as well take a look at these nfc north odds They're quite surprising. It's a very different picture within this division than years past, where the Green Bay Packers have won the division eight of the last 12 years. The Lions are now the favorites. and Minnesota, a 13-win football team last year claimed the divisional crown in the NFC North. But there's plenty to discuss in that division. Our free agency, Frenzy, with Kevin Walsh, up next here on The Morning App.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here
1: live on a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. The unofficial start to a new league year in the national football league as you could start to have those contract conversations getting a deal in place and agreed upon as the nfl offseason churns into 2023 welcome back to the morning after live right here on sports Group. i am ben stevens it is a tuesday there will be some tang and that means there will be kevin walsh joining us live right here right now on TMA, one of the co hosts, of course, of the early line before us here on the grid and on the money line each and every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Sports Grid Radio. Okay, dubs, as always, thank you for joining
2: us here on this Tuesday. Delighted to be here on March 14th, just a couple of days away from St. Patrick's Day, which Everybody including my good friend Donnie Wrightside is very very excited about so a lot to be uh pumped up. It's a big week here no doubt.
1: Does Donnie have some takes on St. Paddy's Day?
2: <laughs> yeah, man. He does. And oh. they stink out loud. Hmm. Of course they do, right? I'm, I'm, of course
1: they I'm, stink. I'm sure I'm sure they absolutely stink out loud. We'll talk about that maybe off air but have a big day as you well know in the national football league off season yesterday as you could start signing deals we got a ton of breaking news and some pretty heavy hitters across the nfl finding a new destination for 2023 from the philadelphia eagles javon hargrave now up front for the San Francisco 49ers adding to an already explosive defensive unit he signs a four-year deal worth 84 million dollars Jesse Bates goes from Cincinnati to Atlanta he is now the fourth highest paid safety in the history of the National Football League a big time addition for atlanta's secondary mike McGlinchey signs a deal with the denver broncos up front along that offensive line the chiefs had an offensive tackle and jawan taylor from the jaguars they lose an offensive tackle in andrew wiley and javon hargrave kev coming off a career-high 11 sacks last year in 2022 He is a part of an Eagles defense, of course, that led Philadelphia to an NFC championship and a Super Bowl appearance. But there's been a lot of changing developments for Philly, especially on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the football already this offseason. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, no longer there. Now the head coach in Arizona, Sean Desai, has been hired to fill in his place. And also yesterday, Kev, Marcus Epps, signing a free agent deal to become a Las Vegas Raider. Marcus Epps played 1,058 defensive snaps last year for Philadelphia, the most on the Eagles roster. So, Kev, a lot of changes for Philadelphia as they look to defend their NFC championship once again (laughs) in 2023. How do you evaluate those changes so far this offseason for the Birds?
2: Well, a a lot of it obviously has been departures. It's expected when you make a run like the Eagles did, plenty of people will be coming off of career years, and some guys were playing on deals that were to come due. I think a guy like Hargrave is someone that they're probably sad to see go, but they're going to have, they're trying to, I think, focus on the secondary as much as possible. And we look, Rattaberry is going to get it calls, and we don't know how it's going to go, and Slay might need to get traded or extended. But I think the Eagles know that right now they've probably poured more resources into the defensive line, that in free agency, they're going to have to address the secondary that way. Uh, But that changing of the guard there, I don't think the Eagles need to be some massive favorite in the NFC. I do think it's preposterous that the Niners, though, have any gap in front of the Philadelphia Eagles. I just – it's not justifiable. It really isn't. I mean, what's their best-case scenario right now? Trey Lance optimism. And I'm not even somebody that dislikes – trey lance quite frankly but it's just it's a bad look right now in my eyes to have the niners with any kind of a gap in front of the philadelphia eagles in march when we're talking nfc odds
1: trey lance has played very few football games three complete football games in the last three years he is coming off a season ending injury brock purdy might not be ready to throw until late this summer there are so many quarterback questions for san francisco kev i was going to ask you that very same question when you look at the super bowl 58 odds kansas city is favored to go back to back it's a six to one number for the chiefs there is now a four-way log jam for the second shortest price buffalo cincy from the afc philadelphia and san francisco from the nfc all four of those teams mm-hmm with a plus 900 number, but yet the Eagles are 50 cents behind San Francisco as the favorite to win the NFC title, plus 354 SF, plus 400 for the Birds. Kev, why is there that distinction
2: in your mind? Well, so I, I think in terms of why are they the exact same in the Super Bowl but different in the NFC, I think that just sometimes has to do with where money has been placed, Right. If you just keep clicking in one market, but you don't get the same hits in the other, that's how those discrepancies exist. I think, though, what you basically are seeing is probably some people think to themselves, well, that Eagles defense was fraudulent. This is what people are saying, right? Eagles defense was fraudulent and they're losing pieces. Could that be a weakness? Look, people were saying that the Birds' defense, once they got ripped up by Mahomes, I like, see we told you they were never good, they played no quarterbacks, and I think now that they're losing pieces, maybe it creates some skepticism. I will add to the Niners, though, because it's not meant to be all negative about them, their ability to bring in a hard grave. This is why the cheap quarterback room has continued to work out for this team. They've got three quarterbacks in the room, in Purdy, Lance, and then Sam Darnold, who... If any of them are starting for this football team in week one, the Niners are likely going to be favored in their game because of everything else that's going to be around the quarterback position. That's the type of environment that they've been able to create by not having to pay a ton to the quarterback room.
1: Eight of the nine defensive leaders for Philadelphia last year in terms of snap count are either gone, a free agent currently like James Bradbury in the secondary, or Darius Slay, who has received permission from the Eagles brass to look at trade opportunities. The best passing defense in the National Football League last year. That's what the birds were. All right, Kev. There was a ton of news yesterday. People signing deals, getting contracts in place, and we thought maybe, just maybe, that would mean the blockbuster deal we all anticipate. It seems like it is imminent. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. According to former ESPN host Trey Wingo, the deal was done as he was hearing from his sources that rogers to the jets is done history about to repeat itself between new york and green bay time is indeed a flat circle what he is referencing is after 16 years in green bay brett Favre in free agency signing with the new york jets kevin as you look at all that we saw yesterday trey wingo saying aaron Rodgers is a new york jet ian rapaport of nfl network saying hey now nothing has been officially noted to me What?" Is
2: happening in your estimation? So not in a... So Trey Wingo there is, is reporting, right? P- sources, that's what that is. Last week when Derek Carr signed with the Raiders, my take was Rodgers to the Jets is done. That's not a scoop. That's, I don't... I'm not talking... No, no, no. That's just me looking at what's right in front of me. The, the, 48 hours before Carr signed... With the Saints, we heard he would love to be a Jet. And then he was a yeah. Saint. Probably because everybody knows what's what. So the Jets want Rodgers. And the, the Packers don't want Rodgers. Rodgers has two options. He can retire, which would make no sense. He can still play at this level. I think, it's a, I think even though it's a joke, I think it's a real thing. He's not going to go there and play second fiddle to Brady at the Hall of Fame you know, ceremony. That's not going to happen. And the Jets can win with Rodgers. Everything is there for him, and they're bringing in his pal, Alan Lazard, maybe, we hear this morning. Rodgers to the Jets, through my eyes, not scooped, just being logical, has been done for a while now. It's just about when Aaron Rodgers, I guess, comes to term with that reality.
1: Kevin, it's also been a reality for the odds. The Jets have the fourth-best price in the AFC at plus 850, moving up from 13 to one, where it was just 10 days ago before mm-hmm. Derek Carr signed with the New Orleans Saints. Kevin, quickly here. Actually, we'll get to it at the end of the hour. It's our fade the public poll. Then I'll get your All thoughts right. on the ceiling for Gang Green with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback. More the morning after.
0: Into the madness we go. Up next.
1: We have arrived the first four of the NCAA tournament in 2023 tips off tonight in Dayton, Ohio is it? it is an official part of March Madness. So yes, the 2023 big dance does begin tonight. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Tuesday on sports grid i am ben stevens kevin walsh is here as well in this month of madness when the chaos is about to pick up in college basketball we need to enter a place where we can think clearly give you the best bets give you the evaluations of the bracket that you need everything all at once in one place it's known as the zone what a glorious glorious day it is and about to be the first four in dayton ohio tips off tonight around 6 40 p.m eastern time with a battle of 16 seeds in the south region texas a&m corpus christi facing off against Semo southeast missouri state and then two of the final four teams into the field of 68 it is arizona state and nevada that actually might be tomorrow it is pittsburgh and mississippi state i'm so excited by the first four sometimes i forget in which order they go kevin walsh we had the bracket unveiled on sunday night i'm not going to ask for your overall reaction to the four regions that we saw but as you are starting to delve through the path of the bracket who has a favorable march here in the month of march
2: what I think my favorite thing is kind of when you just put that West and East next to one another where it's like, man, a bunch of teams in the East have a favorable path. Too bad I hate all of them. And that's, wow, these teams in the West are all awesome, but they will play each other, so what am I supposed to do there? And I think it's why we haven't seen maybe massive, massive movement in this market as the odds have shifted. One talking point That has not been met by odds movement is the concern over the Houston Cougars, which I was hoping would happen. Houston is a team. I I don't know. It's the American. Do I trust it? Do I trust it? Then everybody decided, well, because Marcus Sasser was injured, they're not making it out of the region, which was everything I needed to know that I wanted to be all in on Houston because that's silly Because Sasser's fine-ish enough. Here's the thing. If you say you like Texas Texas to beat Houston because Sasser's not playing, you've been misguided. If they're playing Texas, Sasser's playing in the basketball game. But my problem, Ben, is they've not moved Houston's odds at all. Biggest favorite to make the Final Four, to to make the Elite Eight, to win the national championship. So I'm kind of in the same spot with Houston. Is it worth it? At five to one, there's plenty of intrigue here throughout that bracket.
1: Kevin, in fact, Houston's odds to win a national championship prior to the bracket being released with the injury concerns around that groin mm-hmm. of Marcus Sasser, and then after the bracket was unveiled, Houston's <laughs> odds grew shorter. Plus 550 before mm-hmm. the bracket selection show on Sunday evening, plus 500 now. Houston was the preseason national championship favorite, and now the pre. Tournament favorite for the 2023 NCAA tournament. Kev, you can see the odds there. But the number one overall seed... The Alabama Crimson Tide, the second shortest price at 8-1. to one. A small bit of movement on Kansas in the past 24 hours. The defending national champs move back by two bucks. It's 12-1 to one now alongside Purdue, also plus 1,200. And UCLA, that two seed in a very competitive West region, also now 12-1, to one, tied for the third shortest price to cut down the nets in 20 days from now. Kev, as you evaluate... The one line, which of the one seeds do you think could be upset first in the big dance? Now, there's an obvious answer. Say it. Big cons is listening, Kevin. Big cons is listening. The basement brigade
2: ready to jump Uh, back in. Please. Here's the, all right, so here's the thing with Purdue. Let's pretend, Hmm. let's just, let's just talk about Purdue. I I I've found myself, and I don't know if it's a this year thing, I don't know if it's a forever thing, but when the bracket gets set and there's just so much chatter in one direction, Ben, I'd find myself wanting to go the other way. The bracket gets on up, you know, we get it. I mean, does anybody have does anybody have Purdue coming out of the East Region? It doesn't look like it. And that's the kind of stuff that's gonna make me in on Purdue. I don't know if I can really handle though being in on Purdue. Mm. But there are certain things that I think work favorably for this team. Memphis is a disaster matchup. Well, good thing they're only a a two-point favorite to even advance to that potential one-versus-eight game. Oh, man, Duke is red hot. Listen, Everybody said the ACC was terrible. Duke wins an ACC tournament and beats two injured teams, and now Duke's the best team in basketball. I don't think so. I think Oral Roberts is going to hang all the way in that game. Tennessee lost their point guard. What do you know? Producing an Elite Eight game. Producing an Elite Eight game. And again, everybody's just marching Marquette there. We'll see. So this is, this is a very long way of me saying, I might end up putting, oh gosh. If I end up doing good things with Purdue in the bracket, Ben, and then they do flame out the way they do, usually, I guess I'll just have to slander them like normal and pretend I didn't actually put them through to the final four. It's just, why are we so positive Memphis is going to slaughter them? Like, Purdue's still going to lay four or five points in the game.
1: Here is my, what has now become a relatively hot take. I think Florida Atlantic wins that basketball game. Memphis has won 14 Mm -hmm. of 17, entering the NCAA tournament, no doubt about it. They knocked off a Marcus Sasser-Less. Houston in that conference championship game on Sunday afternoon. Look at the full pedigree of what the Tigers have done all season long. FAU is one of three 31-win basketball teams in the country. FAU has the fourth best cover percentage relative to expectation from the odds in the country i don't think memphis walks to the round of 32 and then to the sweet 16 at madison square garden after a triumphant victory over purdue now the boilers have been a disappointment in big dances past they have failed to reach the final four in over four decades since 1980 this will be their 31st appearance in the big dance since that last final four appearance in 1980 i just did not expect that From the leader of the basement, brigade, who likes to slander the Boilermakers at some points. But, Kev, when you look at the East region, it truly is the one most up in the air. If any of the other three one-seeds were in this region, they would have a very short price to reach the Final Four. Purdue, plus 320. Marquette is that two-seed. Very comfortable with Madison Square Garden after winning a Big East championship there just this past weekend. Plus 370. The Volunteers have some issues. They're the fourth seed in the East. Kev, let's focus on the West. You see the top three seeds in that region, the reigning national champs, the Jayhawks, the Bruins of UCLA, and the Gonzaga Bulldogs, all within a dollar of each Mm -hmm. other,
2: which tells you what? Well, okay, so again, I know Ken Palm, it's not a Bible. It's a good guiding tool. Kansas is the fourth best team in this region, according to Ken Palm. That is, if that does not speak volumes to the West, I don't know what will. That's why these odds are so tight. I think the, you know Kansas is booked where they are because that's just the nature of being the one seed. Right? And I think it would be difficult to move that there. It's a, what's going to get really interesting, though, is which one of these top four, right? right. You, you go Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, and put UConn in there. Could any of them be vulnerable in round one? Not Kansas. Again, I don't know about that. 16 beating a one again, maybe, but I'm not going to predict it to actually happen. Could one of these teams fall early? I don't think I – listen, go Gales. They didn't get a favorable Uh, draw. Tough scene. Tough scene when you play a fourth seed that's fourth overall in Ken Palm. Not really how how you draw that up. What are you all about, Ricky P? You love love their chances?
1: I thought you were building that up. You were going to say, ah, no, Kansas is a one seed, not losing to a 16. UCLA, despite the injury concerns and going up against UNC Asheville and Tejon Jones and Drew Pember, I still like the Bruins. Gonzaga's going to route Grand Canyon. But if there's any spot, it's Rick Patino
2: and the Gales as the 13 seed. Yeah. I thought that's what we were getting to. I'd love to do that. I'd, I know. I'd love nothing more to do that. Listen, I had, yeah. I had, a, I had, I have morning after source. Uh, I, have, I have TMA sources. I had a source reach out to me from the TMA crew saying that there was a number of Iona Gale segments nixed uh, by other parties <laughs> on this show, which I was unhappy to hear about and almost made a stance. <laughs> a number the today. of segments, not even just graphics segments. That's what, Listen, those were the things that were told to me, which we, which we hate to see. <laughs> yeah. we, I saw the bracket. own against UConn. I didn't move for a half hour. I was distraught. I was distraught. <laughs> it's just they're handing out Virginia to Furman. I mean kidding me? What are we doing? Indiana, <laughs> Kent State. There's so many options out there. Nellie Joseph Jr. giving, you know, Jackson Davis the business. A Big Ten team that would have been glorious for us. Yeah. You know that slander was coming. I, it, look, that that West region, it, and everyone's oh, UCLA Gonzaga. Can't wait for that rematch. Are you sure? You sure? TCU's no slouch. T.C. Nope. no slouch, and then they'll lose in the 6-11 game because somebody does every year. It's, the, the West is a bear, Ben. Yeah,
1: absolutely so. And, Kev, speaking of Kempom, the drastic difference in Gonzaga, the nation's most efficient offense from their defensive metrics, 76, yeah. not a recipe for success often kev we mentioned fau in memphis the line is back to just one and a half in favor of the tigers there are three other spots in the round of 64 where we see a very short number northwestern a slight favorite against boise state utah state just a buck and a half favorite against mizzou iowa and auburn in a game that will be a shootout the hawkeyes a one and a half point favorite kev out of that board your favorite game
2: Probably Utah State-Missouri because it's actually the 10 seed that's favored over the 7. And that's what happens when you enter with a defense as bad as Mizzou and draw an elite offense like Utah State.
1: Don't call it an upset just because the 10 seed knocks off the 7. Utah State favored. NBA Talk next
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: march is a month of madness but really march is a month of basketball we hit on the NCAA tournament, the field of 68 that begins tonight with the first four in Dayton, Ohio. It is also the stretch run with the postseason very much on the horizon in the NBA. Welcome back to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Kevin Walsh is still here. You'll see his lovely face momentarily. I am Ben Stevens. If Kev is here, it's time to go around the association in our favorite game on TMA. It is time for NBA by ourselves so kev as has been the case for the last three four five years there's always an ongoing conversation about load management with the nba's best and brightest in comparison to the organizations that really are the ones orchestrating the string so in a new CBA proposal, that collective bargaining agreement between the PBA and the league office, this was the proposal. An issue both sides are jointly motivated on, as fan duel Sham is reporting star players playing in more games and staying healthy enough so that the NBA can display its best talent on a night to night basis. Both sides are in agreement on tying major awards to games played over the course of the season. For awards like the MVP. So, Kev, this new amendment, buy or sell, is just what the NBA needs.
2: Sell. Massive sell. Two reasons. One, uh, we're still close, though, maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, we're close to people not even caring about the MVP award. We'll see how that goes. Here's two, mm. right? Let me ask you something, Ben. Do you think that LeBron James is currently load managing? No. Do you think that Kevin Durant is currently load managing? No. People are having a really difficult time with the fact that guys are getting injured at an unfortunate rate. Some of the best players in the NBA. Load management, okay, has now become the phrase we use for the fact that a lot of the best players in the NBA can't stay healthy. Do we think Luka's load managing as the Mavericks just keep losing games and look like they might miss the playoffs? Is, is that, Do we think that Steph was load managing by missing another multiple-week stretch? No! No! Yes, Draymond will miss back-to-backs, and guys miss back-to-backs. But these massive gaps that exist right now is not a load management problem. They can't stay healthy. Is Zion load managing? Is that what's going on? The Pels are saving up for the stretch run that they might not even make? No! They're not healthy. It's just nobody's being honest, I feel like, Ben, about what's actually going on in the NBA. And it's that guys can't stay available. That's the problem.
1: And that is an issue. Two years ago in the postseason, of course, it was a quick turnaround, a short sprint following the bubble season that we saw players left and right marquee players across the league Giannis Kawhi you could go up and down the board suffering season editing injuries at the most important time of the year the most exciting basketball in the postseason and again I think the players take a really bad rap here. The onus is always on the guy who sat out a Tuesday night game in New Orleans where Joe and his son, Phil, went to the game after spending their hard-earned Christmas money, and because he wasn't out there, it was a dud of a ticket. It's not necessarily the player that's like, Coach, I'm good, man. I'm fine. I'm out. I don't need to play tonight. I'm going to go sit in my nice suit. No, the organization, the analytics, the metrics behind everything that happens in the front office really leads these conversations. It's not an absolute blanket statement. You can put over everything with load management. So, Kev, I think you bring up a really good point. We can't just say everything is load management. If a player misses a multiple game stretch, especially now, because if you had load managed per se in November, you would be saving up for exactly this moment trying to finish out the stretch run of the regular season to improve your team's playoff positioning. Kev, a guy that is not load managing, as we both agree, who injured his Mm -hmm. left ankle ahead of his proposed Phoenix debut at home last week Kevin Durant because in the three games he played in a Suns uniform it was a picture perfect representation of why the Suns were booked as the favorites immediately after acquiring KD ahead of the NBA trade deadline averaging nearly 27 points per game in his three starts with the Suns over seven boards shooting nearly 70% Kevin Walsh from the floor but now the question becomes how are they all going to work together? They haven't had a lot of time playing with one another. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant. So, Kev, on another Kev, Kevin Durant will return before the playoffs,
2: mm-hmm. buy or sell. So, I'm going to buy this. It's a soft buy, but I do think if you're the Suns, and KD is healthy enough to be out there. See, this is the thing. Those Golden State Warrior teams, man, KD, don't worry about it, man. We've got titles all over the place. We're going to be fine. We'll get you out there, and we're good. He's, he's played with three games with this team. And look, they, they won all the games, they covered all the games, but they played at Charlotte, at Chicago, at Dallas. I mean, only one of those teams has a pulse, and Dallas is questionable. And that was the toughest game that they played. This is not a battle tested team under, you know, with, with Kevin Durant now in the mix. This sneaky thing as well, Ben, is when the regular season ends on April 9th, the playoffs don't begin for about a week. Because of the play-in, which every indication is Phoenix won't actually have to participate in. So even if they have to run Katie out there for two or three games, right, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, just get his legs underneath him there, they'll still then be able to grab him another week off, which is probably good. If we don't see Kevin Durant again until the playoffs, that's another full month absence here, which is not ideal.
1: And before he returned to the Phoenix lineup, in fact, made his debut for the Suns just a few weeks back against those Charlotte Hornets, he was on a minute restriction. He only played 27 minutes, or maybe he played 23 minutes and scored 27, one of the two. Either way, it was a mid-stat. But regardless, that was his first game since the beginning of January. Kev, right now, the Suns have the second-shortest price to win the Western Conference, but behind Denver, the Nuggets, the favorites, at plus 270, Phoenix, plus 290. A team that, if the season ended today, Kevin Walsh would be firmly in the Western Conference play-in tournament, as was the hope following the All-Star break the Los Angeles Lakers, despite not having LeBron James. Mm. Anthony Davis has continued to play at an all-star level. And D'Angelo Russell, a guy that was picked second overall by this Lakers organization in the 2015 NBA draft, is back in Los Angeles and performing very, very well. So Kevin Walsh, buy or sell, beyond the end of this regular season for Los Angeles, D'Angelo Russell is a core piece of the Lakers'
2: future. I'm going to buy that for a couple reasons, and maybe the biggest one is the Lakers fan base and organization really likes D'Angelo Russell, and when they like a guy, they like a guy. LeBron has not been able to play much alongside D'Lo, which is, of course, going to be important here, but if this team was able to get healthy enough and go on a run, there's no reason for them to not run it back ultimately. D'Lo is the kind of player they've been looking for. And I also think what you're seeing right now with this Laker team as LeBron and 80s health is always difficult, depth is important. So stripping depth down, right, which would involve getting rid of D'Lo and other key guys Ben, to say bring in Kyrie Irving doesn't make as much sense. Do you mind if I do a quick buy or sell though with my own buy or sell to you? Because I was waiting for you to bring up the Lakers. Because I want to make a point on something, if if you don't mind. Okay. Buy or sell. The Lakers should have better odds to win the West than the Dallas Mavericks. Bye. Okay, thank you. Because I don't know one single coherent argument that anyone could make on the contrary, despite a huge gap between the two. The Lakers have the better duo. Yup. Well, well, Dallas is healthier. No, 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 they're not. Well, the Mavericks record is significantly, oh, no, they're a half game out. Well, the schedule, Lakers have the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. There is not one argument to be made for Dallas over the Lakers. One of them's 10 to one, the other's 24 to one. I, j- yep. The Mavericks have the single worst numbers in the entire futures market. There is no close second. Yep. Kev, what if
1: the argument is when Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving have played together, they've won two games. That's that's why Dallas is ten to one, right?
2: Good point. When they're out there, they score a ton of points, can't defend anybody, and also are not that impressive. It's a good point by you. It's good. Yes. So again, what are we doing with these people? I'm glad we agree here, but I the thing is, I don't know people that would disagree with us right now shout out shames in the background who immediately opened up the mic to let us know he also said bye like the dallas numbers are ridiculous
1: kev it's a really good point because right now the lakers only hope really was just to have an opportunity in the play in tournament they are there without lebron james when health becomes that factor dallas does not have the advantage at the moment and if both duos are healthy Give me LeBron James and Anthony Davis over Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving each and every day of the week. How about the Sacramento Kings? Kevin Walsh, who currently Mm. are tied for the second best mark in the Western Conference as we look or now sit third, a game behind the Memphis Grizzlies after a loss last night at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Kings, 29 to one to win in the Western Conference behind even the Lakers. So Kevin Walsh, buy or sell. The Kings, who sit in third,
2: are a top three team in the Western Conference. Sell. That's no disrespect. And I'm sure Kings fans will find that disrespectful. They are the only team in the Western Conference that is above 500 on the road. 19 and 13. It's impressive. It is. There is a reason, though, that Sacramento is not being believed in enough. And it's not just because they don't have a guaranteed future Hall of Famer on their roster. They have the 25th defense in the NBA. They have the mm. best offense, offensive rating in the NBA. The twenty-fifth best defense. So when we get to the playoffs, Ben, and everybody ups the intensity, and Sacramento goes, now, hold, now, hold on a minute now. Wait, wait, we can't just keep getting in shootouts and every game finishes with a a billion points. That's a problem. And I don't mean to take a, a singular regular season game and turn it into the, the end all be all. But they gave 43 points in the fourth quarter to Milwaukee, 133 in the game just last night. Now, the yeah. Bucs are the best team in the NBA, certainly better than the Boston Celtics. I think everybody agrees with that at this point, right? So yeah. I, I, those are the kind of things that are relevant to me with Sacramento. I can't trust that defense.
1: I have a 100-to-1 ticket in conversation with old k Dubs and our guy Shames when we were in Phoenix about Sacramento 100-to-1 to win the West at that time ahead of the NBA trade deadline. I just want the Kings to host a playoff series. That number now, 29-to-1. Kev, to the Eastern Conference, the Bucks 133 last night in Sacramento, keeping the beam from being Lit. The Bucks have a two and a half game advantage over the Celtics. The Celtics a game up over the Sixers for that two, three spot distinction. A drop-off to the Cavs, a drop-off to the Nets and the Knicks. Brooklyn and New York have the same exact record kind of. New York is 40 and 30, Brooklyn is 39 and 29, a slightly better win percentage for the Knicks or for the Nets rather. So, Kev quickly here, buy or sell, the Eastern Conference standings, especially the top 6, will look like this at the end of the regular season.
2: You know, it's 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 incredible cuz you're you're like, "Ah, it's too much could happen." Sell. But Milwaukee looks comfortably better than everybody. I don't know if Philly has enough to catch Boston. The Cavs are in no man's land with their easy schedule where them being fourth would be stunning. And the Heat are three back of both Brooklyn and the Knicks. So, yeah, yeah if I end up wrong because the Knicks and the Nets flop, I think you'd give me a pass there. I think there's a very good chance that this is your seating outside of Nets-Knicks because they're basically tied.
1: More of the morning after Up Next. We finish with Kevin's thoughts on Aaron Rodgers
0: and the New York Jets. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: been here for a majority of the opening hour as well. A ton of March Madness previews coming your way in hour number two, but it's a big day in the National Football League offseason. The league year officially begins tomorrow afternoon we have been waiting on the deal that feels as though it is already done but is it aaron Rodgers to become the starting quarterback for the new york jets in 2023 if slash when that is the case what is the ceiling for gang green that was the question in fade the public Okay, Dub's back in the fold. So, Kev, if Aaron Rodgers goes to New York, that was the question at Sports Grid TV on Twitter. How many games will the Jets win in 2023? Seven to eight, call that a win total of seven and a half. Nine to ten, call that a win total of nine. No. In hook, eleven to 12 13 or more. Kev, most of the public, 37 percent or so, but. Pretty closely followed by 32 percent, 37 going nine to ten, 32 eleven to twelve. So, Kev, as you look at what the public has to say in terms of wins, what do you think the actual, realistic, expected ceiling is for the New York Jets
2: with Aaron Rodgers? Um, yeah, I mean, it would be to win a Super Bowl. I think that would be that would be the expectations. At the end of the... I mean, look, unless you think Rodgers is washed. I think the roster is very, very talented. It doesn't mean that they're going to do it, but when we talk about ceiling, that would be the ceiling. Now, luckily for Rodgers, he's going to go to a team where if he makes the playoffs, they're going to contemplate retiring the number, So he'll be fine. I'll say, I think I think the public did a nice job there. My, without knowing the schedule could change things, obviously, I would think that win total is a juiced nine and a half, minus 145 yep. Oh, to the over. I would agree. That's what I would think you yes. would see that number be. It would have to be
1: double digit wins you would think to be at least a playoff team. Okay, Dubs, we appreciate you always. Hour two, next.